Do you need your weekly comedy fix? Relax while we visit the sitcoms you love, the jokes you remember, the characters you will never forget, and the stars that bring them to you. Sit back, it's the Laugh Track with Jerry Strauss. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of the Laugh Track with Jerry Strauss. He is I, I am him, and this is a very special series of episodes that we're doing, looking back at one of TV's best-kept secrets, even over 20 years later, the Paul Fee created, Judd Apatow produced, season one season wonder known as Freaks and Geeks. And this time out, we're knocking on the door of episode number three. It's called Tricks and Treats. As you can imagine, we're talking about a very special holiday-themed episode, a Halloween-themed episode. And I can think of no better person to come along for the ride this time out than the performer who gave life to Millie Kentner all series long. She's Lindsay Weir's friend and ours, Sarah Hagen. Sarah, Hi. welcome to the show. There you are. Hey, there I am. <laughs> Hi. Hi, how are you? It's so good to talk to you. You've been on the show before, but yes. never in video. Like We just talked about this uh, before we started recording, but this is a, a, a new chapter in your, um, your friendship with this show. Yes, yeah. It's exciting. <laughs> it's, it's exciting to have you here because it's it's such a cool opportunity to take a deep dive into the show. People are loving uh, what we're doing here so far, and we're about to hit a bit of a benchmark. It's the first holiday episode, the first episode I think that's sort of centered around a common a common event, a common theme, uh, and it's a really interesting way to explore. A particular theme that I think is a part of the show from beginning to end, which is uh, the idea of self-identity. Everyone's trying to figure out who they are all season long, all series long, really. Uh, and it really comes to a head for the first time, I think, in this episode. And uh, Millie is a big part of that as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Everyone's kind of like, for the Halloween episode, Sam is like, you know, wants to keep his like childhood alive but he's in high school and he's growing up and does he go trick-or-treating does he not does he like keep doing that and then Lindsay is like you know still trying to like push forward and push the boundaries of like being on the the freak side of things <laughs> I guess well, so yeah <laughs> I guess um, if you break it down that way, it's almost like she's trying to move forward with her life. Exactly. Sam is trying she's to, trying to move forward, and Sam is trying to halt it a bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not quite, which is interesting, because you see so many times the story being told of the kid who just wants to grow up, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. we've all seen Big, and every little kid, at some point, oh, I wish I were bigger, I wish I were older, I wish I could do the things I'm not allowed to do. But it's kind of cool to see the flip side where Sam is just kind of putting his, he's digging his heels in. He's mm -hmm. trying to keep from getting there just yet. That's right. Um, and it's such an interesting time, that freshman year where you're kind of, you're still kind of tied to the past. You're tied to being a kid. Right. You're just entering that phase where everything is going to change really forever. Yeah. And pretty fast too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we see that, I mean, we've seen that already in the first two episodes of the show. Uh, and now, you know, this is just one of those times where it really comes to the forefront because it's, you know, are you a kid 
who runs around trick-or-treating, or are you something more mature, something beyond that? And that's sort of the question that he wrestles with. Um, and, you know, everybody on the show, again, is wrestling with that sense of, you know, who am I? Uh, what should I be doing? Like, what's appropriate for what I should be doing in life right now? You know, and does it matter what anybody thinks about that? Right. Yeah. You know, adolescence, it, a lot of times is just a lot of just wasting time, <laughs> trying to figure it out, trying to like grow up and how fast am I going to do that and trying to hold on to the past and, and, but also let go and just a lot of like figuring out and, and then, yeah, eventually you get there, <laughs> but that's what we're watching. We're watching two different people going through their adolescence and different periods of that adolescence. And um, it's, it's cool. It is. And uh, I, I mean, let's, let's talk about the episode, of course, as we said, third episode of the series. Now we're still in the early stages of the broadcasting of the show, which means we're still broadcasting them in order. It's not long before we're going to get to the point now where the sequence starts to get screwy and there's a lot of debate about what the true order of the episodes online should be. We're going to be talking about that later in the series. But for now, we're still on point. Third episode, yes. it aired on uh, October 30th, 1999. So perfect timing for the Halloween season. Uh, it was written by Paul Feig, directed by Brian Gordon. And uh, the main synopsis... Lindsay agrees to stay home and hand out candy with her mom on Halloween night. However, she gets an invite to go cruise around town with Nick, Daniel, and Kim. She ditches her mom to hang out with them and then finds some trouble of her own. And meanwhile, we see Sam, along with Bill and Neil and Harris, uh, kind of struggle with the idea of going trick-or-treating. Eventually, they do go trick-or-treating, and maybe that ends up not being the best decision for them <laughs> either. So right. that's, that's kind of where the, you know, the... As usual in these episodes, uh, the brother and sister kind of diverge, the freaks, the geeks. We see what's going on on both sides uh, until they come together inevitably, as they usually do. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> now this is interesting. And, I, you know, I'm not sure if this is something you would at all be, be privy to, but uh, there was a lot of discussion that I saw uh, on one of the message boards that talks about freaks and geeks quite a lot that says that this opening before the credits for this show is something that was concocted and added on later because they were short uh, on content for the show. So it doesn't really relate to the episode at all, but it's a, it's a sequence uh, that involves a bet where uh, Bill and Neil, or, or actually I should say Sam and Neil are trying to get Bill to eat this disgusting concoction of food. Do you remember this at all? I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love that scene so much. And he, he like ends up liking what they made and it's the most disgusting smoothie like imaginable. But, but apparently I think he like what Martin Starr actually drank on set was like a slim fast with like marshmallows and like mm -hmm. something very delicious. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're actually going to hit that in our notes um, after <laughs> we talk about the episode, but yeah, we've got a specific recipe for anyone out there who wants to replicate this. Um, <laughs> we can help you out with that, but yeah, it, it sounded really good actually. Yeah. Um, but in the episode, I mean, they were throwing in oysters and just like this I weird, 
pickles and <laughs> mustard and dessert candies or something. I don't, yeah, just all kinds of like stuff they could just find in their kitchen that, you know, was grossing Sam and Neil out. <laughs> grossing them out. And then you're right. Then we get to the joke where he's, he finally uh, summons up the courage to, to down it um, and, and says, it's not bad. And then <laughs> continues to drink the rest of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all for 10 bucks. It was oh, a $10 bet in total, I believe. So just uh, yeah. as usual, a fun way to, um, uh, to kick off the show. Um, when we come back, we're in full Halloween mode in the Weir house. And this is where the divide really starts because Mrs. Weir, um, very much in the Halloween spirit. And I think that part of that is, um, is her really trying to kind of do what Sam is doing. Hold on to her kid's childhood. She wants things to remain as they were before, you know, the years where she and Lindsay would help pass, would pass out candy together. Uh, Sam would dress up and go out with his friends, you know, like when they're kids, she just wants everything to stay the same. And yeah, it's very losing battle. Yeah. It's very interesting. The mom, um, not so much the dad, but the mom is like all throughout the series is kind of dealing with her kids growing up and her having to just figure out what she's, what her position is in this whole thing. And how does she fit in and how does she adapt and change because they're soon moving on and they're not doing the little things that kid things that she used to enjoy doing with them. And it's, it's kind of heartbreaking for her. So it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to see her kind of growing at the same time as Lindsay and Sam are growing too. Yeah. They're all in different ways. It's, it's yeah. Well, you're absolutely right because it's, it, it's, Part of it is the growing up thing, but I think part of it, you know, as you alluded to, it's also the going away thing. It's the idea mm -hmm. of maybe she's not as big of a part of their lives as she used to be because Lindsay probably in her younger days used to just love to hang out and pass out candy with her mom. And we'll see later on in the series, this is a bit of a spoiler, but probably would have been a lot closer and more communicative with her mom about boys and boyfriends and stuff. Whereas now we see as Lindsay starts to delve into that world, she doesn't really want to talk to her mom or involve her mom all that much with this stuff. So yeah. that's another journey that, uh, that we'll get to. Typical mother-daughter stuff, you know? <laughs> I hear, I hear. <laughs> On the flip side, of course, Mr. Weir, as we've already come to know and love him, you know, very unemotional, very cynical, very, yeah. you know, he's too, he's too old to be trick-or-treating. It, nobody yeah. needs to be trick-or-treating. It's kid stuff. So he's just kind of being snarky. Really, the ultimate OG snark is Mr. Ware. Like, back in yes. 1980, <laughs> I, he was innovating uh, that art. And he was, uh, you know, he wasn't thrilled with anybody doing anything. He was, he was just half being patient with even his wife for everything that she was doing to pass out uh, candy and um, you know, we'll see that she made freshly baked cookies, which were just sort of uh, out of time <laughs> because yes. this was a period where nobody was letting their kids eat randomly baked stuff because everybody was scared of needles. Scared. And yeah, I remember that, too. You know, that was a big thing in the 80s. Like the, the hype was was real. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so. So um, eventually, as we see, he's going to get dragged into this whole Halloween thing, too. Um, 
So the scene, you know, at the proper episode, we see the discussion about Halloween. Sam says he's too old to go out. Lindsay is roped into handing out candy with her mom at this point. She agrees to do it, but clearly uh, not really thrilled about this idea anymore. Um, and then we go to the bus stop and there's some more discussion about Halloween. This is where you come in because we see uh, Daniel and Kim pull up in a car. Uh, you're there um, just scarfing down candy at like 730 <laughs> in the morning. And uh, we've got the quote. This is uh, we'll skip to the quote of the episode right now because it's Lindsay. Lindsay says, Millie, you're eating candy already. It's only 730 in the morning. And of course, Millie, uh, it's just lick made It makes my spit taste like fruit. <laughs> now, can you explain? Because I'll be honest, I don't really remember what that is. Was that? It's uh, you don't remember Fun Dip? Okay. Oh, okay. Like, is that the same thing? Fun it's dip. the same thing. Fun Dip, Lickamade, they're exactly the same thing. It's okay. like, you know, it's like the powder, sugar powder, different flavors, and there comes with like a little stick, and then you stick it, you, well, you lick the stick so you can get it, you know, so the it's powder actually sugar. It. Yeah. It, it's it's just like sugar. Yeah. Sugar. <laughs> it is, exactly. But, you know, it does make your spit taste like fruit juice. <laughs> It does. <laughs> you guys have actually. Billy was like not on, wrong. <laughs> did, did you have it on the set though? Was this um? Yes. It, yeah. It was. It was look at me. <laughs> I, I love this so much because I, I love the fact that Millie, the most innocent of everybody on this show, you know, even you have your weird vices. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and I love the fact that it almost seems like Daniel and Kim are looking at you. Like, you're a crackhead at this point. Because, like, <laughs> what is she doing putting this stuff in her body at 7.30 in the morning? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, it's Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Never too soon to start early in the morning with candy on Halloween time. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I, I mean, that was a great moment, I, I think, for, for you. Um, just... <laughs> I thought it was just so funny that like how, you know, you were treating the holiday as, um, you know, perhaps as others would treat New Year's or Mardi Gras. Like this, this is Billy's time to shine from morning till night. Yeah. We are diving headfirst into Halloween. That's right. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> you know, and, and you have this great exchange, of course, with Daniel, with James Franco about the stuff where you, where you explain it to him. And then he sticks his finger in and he starts trying it out too. And it's almost like this great shared, uh, shared moment. But you were the pusher in a way. Like, yeah, no, I wanted them to, you know, enjoy what I was, what I was enjoying, what I was experiencing. It's <laughs> so like, please have some. But then when he did, I was like, wait, you're just like sticking your finger in there. And then I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> it, it's hard not to watch things that with, without the COVID flavored lens of, oh, oh yeah. no one would ever do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, okay. So we have a moment. Lindsay arrives at school. Mr. Rosso is still on her butt about, you know, being someone who now skips class, makes a comment about that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, that's just, uh, you know, Lindsay continues to struggle with, you know, who do I want to be? Do I want to be someone well-behaved? Do I want to be someone who has now found herself a bit on the wrong side of the law? 
Uh, <laughs> and I, I think uh, another common theme of the show is just the fact that Lindsay doesn't like people telling her what she should do. Um, she's a rebel at heart. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Millie is too, but we don't get to that until way later. Way later. Season. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so we, we see Sam, we see Neil and Bill. They're in class now and they're being chastised. Uh, the entire class is being chastised, actually, because the, I guess they were all assigned some sort of a book reading uh, mm -hmm. of their choice. And the teacher's complaining because everyone chose books that she believes to be juvenile. Um, I believe it was indicated that Sam chose a Star Wars novelization um, and everybody else chose similar things that were not, you know, true pieces it, of literature. Did Neil choose like a Sammy Davis sort of yeah. autobiography or something? Of course he did. Okay. I mean, if you're going to give the students the choice mm -hmm. to like choose their own book, their own destiny, of course they're going to choose something that they're interested in or they like. Like, why would they choose something like, you know, Crime and Punishment, which she puts in front of them and makes them all read instead, probably as a punishment. <laughs> and it's interesting, you know, this is the thing that kind of pushes Sam uh, over the edge to the other side of, you know, maybe maybe I'm not ready to be old. It's, it's interesting because it's actually the work. You know, it's him kind of seeing symbolism in this giant book that's in front of him that he just can't fathom enjoying. And he says, you know what? Maybe we are still kids. Maybe we need to go trick-or-treating instead of, instead of working on this assignment. Um, it, it is true. Like when you're in um, elementary school, uh, I don't, maybe even middle school, maybe junior high too, from what I remember. And I went to like school mostly in the 90s, but it was like, it was free reading. You just got to read whatever you wanted to read as long as it was a chapter book and you read X amount in, in the school year. Um, and then did, did some book reports. But then when you get to high school, it's like very much like, like this, they give you the book that you're going to read. Like it's the crucible, it's scarlet letter, it's crime and punishment. It's, to Kill a Mockingbird, um, you know, all like the kind of classic um, novels that had like, you know, defined English like literature, you know? Yeah, it's a much tighter curriculum. And it, it makes sense if you think about it from a teaching perspective, because they they've got a lot more students. So yeah. they need to kind of have some level of consistency. Everybody should be reading the same thing so they can at least you know, efficiently get through all the grading and evaluating. Uh, True, know, like, but it is like a slap in your face, like grow up. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and We're it's really going to teach you now. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, it, I think it comes differently depending on, you know, your educational path, your situation. It may not be that jump to high school at that moment, but there is a point for everybody, mm -hmm. I think, where uh, you finally get to that teacher who's like, nope, you guys are you guys are big now. You guys are adults in my eyes. And that is, uh, that is like a cold, uh, pale water on your head. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's what, that's what we're struggling with here. Okay guys, quick time out here from this fantastic conversation. I'm having a lot of fun. 
But let's talk about something that is super important. A great organization, No Kid Hungry, is a campaign that is helping kids remain fed each and every day, even when school is not in session. So take a listen to this message and get to know No Kid Hungry. Because of the coronavirus, schools have closed nationwide, and kids in need are missing nearly 34 million school meals every day. For many, it's the only healthy food they might get in a given day. No Kid Hungry has a plan to feed these kids, but they need your help. Donate now at NoKidHungry.org to help feed America's children during this crisis and in the months to come. That's NoKidHungry.org. Thanks. So they decide they're going to go trick-or-treating. Um, you know, Bill and, and the old, they weren't really into the idea of going either, but uh, Sam convinces them, he convinces Neil that this will be one more opportunity to, to dress as Groucho Marx. And um, for some reason, Bill decides to go as the bionic <laughs> woman. It's amazing. <laughs> and he's, he takes, you know, we see this montage as they get ready for Halloween. It's, it's just fantastic watching Bill just take such pride in trying to be the most beautiful bionic woman that he can be. And hey, he was good looking. He was hot. <laughs> he made it work. <laughs> Yep. Meanwhile, Neil just struggling to differentiate his mustache from a Hitler mustache to make it yes. more of a Groucho mustache, um, which very, I think he pulled very off. Very important. Yeah. <laughs> very, yeah. Um, so, so that's the plan, you know. And all the way till day of Lindsay, uh, you know, her plan is to stay home. She doesn't like it. Eventually, Nick invites her to go along with Daniel and Kim on Halloween. It's going to be almost a double date scenario. This is really the first time I think that Lindsay kind of openly accepts what is clearly interest um, from Nick. Uh, you know, she, she says, oh, like a double date, and she still agrees to go. So eventually she agrees to go. So it's clearly, uh, you know, it, I guess you would call it the first real date. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would call it that. He's like sitting in the back seat with her. He's telling her that he's glad that she decided to come. Like it's, it seems like a bit of a, a date. Definitely. And this is the first time I guess that she's kind of moved a little bit beyond what was really her initial interest in Daniel, because we saw that in the first episode, second episode of the party. We see, you know, definitely her interest there only to find that Daniel and Kim had made up. Uh, and now we see her kind of moving past that and maybe realizing that Nick is, uh, you know, someone who's actually interested in her and a nice guy. And they, at this point, they're already getting along pretty well. So um, this is kind of a tease of that. Little do they know inevitably that it's not actually going to be a double date because Ken is going to be in the car as well. Right. Um, the <laughs> ultimate mood killer, as always, Ken played by Seth Rogen. <laughs> the ultimate third wheel for a while yes. <laughs> until later on in the season. <laughs> so everybody converges at the house. Um, it's time to go out. You know, Mrs. Weir is ready to pass out her stuff. Mr. Weir um, is forced to dress as Dracula. There's an interesting trivia note about that that we'll, we'll hit on. Um, but meanwhile, Lindsay is now going to make the great escape because she is going to try to blow past everybody and say, hey, I'm going out with my friends for a little bit. I'll be back to pass out candy later. See ya. Bye. Gone. Yep. So 
that was, I mean, that's, and that's the way to do it. If you're going to ditch your mom, you just got to like either not say anything and just go mm-hmm. or, you know, say something fast and go. It's a band-aid. You got to rip it off. <laughs> I mean, I used to just sneak out the window of my room. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's even better, actually. Just avoid confrontation. Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> my method. You never have to lie if you just avoid, you know, and then, it, and then ignore the phone calls. <laughs> um, the one thing we also forgot to mention, of course, is uh, their other friend, uh, you know, Neil, Bill, um, and Sam, uh, their occasional friend who comes and goes, Harris, who has invited himself to be a part of this group as well, and as dressed as guy with a, a knife stuck through his head. So <laughs> he has a great moment of showing up at the front door and Mrs. Weir tries to give him some, some cookies thinking he's just a trick or treater. He just ends up kind of standing there yeah. <laughs> and ine- inevitably makes his way in the house. And, um, you know, that key moment where Lindsay leaves, there's a bit of tension and drama in the air. Uh, that's the moment when Harris asks if he can go to the bathroom and freshen up his blood before they before they head out trick-or-treating so he's, he's serious about it he's serious they, about the trick-or-treating they really are all serious about yes it. Um, <laughs> so you know now now we're in it everybody's out doing what they're doing um oh and you know what we <laughs> we forgot we forgot your big moment i apologize oh um, it's fine well this yeah. is I mean, this is really the the impetus for Lindsay flipping that switch and saying, I got to get out there and and hang out with my friends. I got to get a light, which is seeing Millie, Millie (laughs) in the parking lot, not very private, mind you. Uh, No shame in Millie's name. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Kissing some random dude. Uh, Awkwardly kissing. (laughs) Clearly (laughs) not a lot of practice there. And, you know, this is a moment where Lindsay's feeling kind of low about her life <laughs> and about where things are going, particularly for that day. And then Millie, of all people, is now thrust in this, yes, awkward, but still, <laughs> we never Tommy. see him. Was it Tommy? Okay. It's Tommy. And, you know, it's it's that moment that Lindsay's like, man, Millie is putting herself out there. Millie is like, you know, being adventurous and and you know, starting new relationships. Like I need to put myself out there. Millie has a boyfriend. What? (laughs) Before me? That's (laughs) That's what Lindsay's thinking. (laughs) It's almost, again, it goes back to that. um, Almost if you look at life as kids and teens tend to do, it's sort of a linear fashion. Like Lindsay is, or uh, Millie is ahead of me in the game. She's three uh, spaces forward in Monopoly. Um, I can't freaking believe it. I gotta and, catch up. <laughs> and of course, the backstory, uh, Tommy, your secret love from, mm-hmm. from <laughs> summer camp, <laughs> and um, so secret that he met you in, in the middle of your parking lot. Yeah. And, and it's Millie, not so secret anymore. <laughs> but but at the same time, Millie does try to hide it in the beginning. Hey, yeah. You know, yeah, hey, yeah. Wait, what's up? You know, what what guy? <laughs> uh, ooh. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Which is essentially probably the only time we've seen Millie lie in this whole show. Because yeah. <laughs> that's how nervous she was that she was spotted. 
Um, and what hits Lindsay even hardest, of course, is what happens next when Lindsay says, well, why didn't you tell me? And, you know, Millie says, well, I, I, I didn't want to make you feel bad because I had a boy, I have a boyfriend and you don't. I mean, that, that hurts. Yeah. That's rough. But, you know, just looking out for her friend. <laughs> it was. But at the same time, Lindsay, very, very insulted by this. For, for sure. Millie is very much like, uh, does not hold back in like saying what she truly like thinks and feels. <laughs> You're right. No filter. No filter. And um, yeah, that, as we said, that's the switch where Lindsay goes, okay. I can either, I've got a standing invitation to be a part of a double date with a guy I kind of like, or I can stay home like a child and pass out candy with my mom. I know what I have to do. I have to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> Moves have to be made. So, uh, you know, Lindsay goes out, as we say, Halloween commences, and we're in for sort of a night of debauchery, if you will, in this car. Uh, because there's no destination. You know, Lindsay keeps kind of suggesting, can we do this? Can we do that? I think sensing the danger of what might happen if they don't have somewhere safe to be. She doesn't quite know what's going on. She just knows Daniel's at the wheel. So anything bad can happen here. Yeah, you definitely sense like worry on her face. And what is she in for um, is like, yeah, all over her face. <laughs> it's still kind of new, this... Uh, this friendship between Lindsay and the, the rest of the freaks. So she doesn't quite know how bad things might get, how well they're going to take care of her um, or each other or that matter. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we're off and running and, and on with the pranks. It's basically, uh, what did we call it back, back in when I was a kid? And you tell me if this was any different, but a mischief night was typically what we called the night before Halloween. And that's oh. when all the toilet papering and stuff would go down. It was always, I mean, I don't know if it's like a regional thing. I'm in, I grew up in New Jersey and it was always the night before. That's when all the bad things happened. And then Halloween was saved for the kids and the candy and stuff. Is that similar experience for you? Um, I did not experience this mischief night. <laughs> I feel actually very sad that I missed out on mischief night. <laughs> I would have loved to have gone to and TP'd someone house, someone's house. Now, as an adult with the house, I would not be very happy if someone came and TP'd my house. No. But <laughs> as a kid, I feel like I missed out. <laughs> well, we we kind of saw an escalation because throughout the night we see the we see it go from busting up jack o' lanterns. We see it just straight up knocking mailboxes off of posts. I mean, this is. Yeah. This is like property damage at this yeah, point. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Over this high is, level. <laughs> like, this is not good. And, this is criminal. Yeah. <laughs> at this point. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, and she's throwing eggs at people. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that I mean, eggs were a big part of mischief night too. So I mean, that stuff happened in life. I don't know if it does as much anymore. Maybe that's a thing we've all kind of gotten past a little bit. But uh, I don't know. Is I egg throwing. I feel like, I don't think, well, what do I know? But I don't feel like egg throwing is a thing anymore. But I, <laughs> how many um, 14, 15 year olds am I hanging out with? <laughs> not, I don't, you none. tell me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Zero. 
Okay. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> Maybe egg throwing is a big thing that goes on right now. <laughs> well, I, I definitely don't hear about it on Fox News. So. <laughs> well, there's kind of bigger things to talk about these days on Fox News. So. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, but meanwhile, they're in the middle of all of that, and we see we flip to the geek side, and they're just kind of being made to feel like crap throughout their entire trick-or-treating expedition because they're just kind of met with people who are essentially like why why are you guys trick-or-treating like you're clearly too old nobody knows what they're supposed to be nobody understands their costumes and nobody seems to care because they're just past that age where it's cute yeah it's so mean it's so sad to see all that happen well, I, yeah it, it's like a slap in the face when they get they go to a door and it opens and they're like looked at judgingly like what are you why are you guys still trick-or-treating you're too old for this yeah because so, they had that fear at the beginning and they were like screw it we're doing it anyway and then they get chastised for it how, how do you remember back in your day uh, were you a big trick-or-treater? Um, not a huge trick-or-treater. Um, but there was a point, my sister was is is five years younger than me. So there was a point when I was like 16, I think, 16, 17, and I had a car and I was like, I was, it was then my job to go and take my sister trick-or-treating um, for the night instead of my mom because I, you know, I was old enough to do that. Which was actually really cool. But then it was like, but I hadn't been trick-or-treating that much before that, like in the previous year. So it was like, do I dress up? Do I don't dress up? I'm like at that point where it feels weird to like dress up because I'm like, I'm like an adult now. (laughs) I was not an adult yet, but it was like, (laughs) you know, you can have that feeling. You cross a line and you're not trick-or-treating anymore. Now you're just begging for food. I mean, I yes. that's, <laughs> yes. that's the way right. Mr. Weir probably would, would describe it. Yeah, yeah. We've got food here. Now Why you're just to... going around stealing candy. Exactly. <laughs> I, was, I was one of those weird kids that um, wasn't that into candy. So I did go trick-or-treating, but I didn't push the envelope until high school because I had no motivation to do that. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, we see... We see the results of maybe when you do push the line a little a little too much. And um, so, you know, the night goes on for everyone. And inevitably, as we said at the beginning, everyone's paths converge because we see that Lindsay and the crew are still cruising around. They're getting wilder. They're feeling looser. They're getting more adventurous. Now they're going to start egging people, as you said. And it's Lindsay's turn. She's got egg in hand. She's ready to launch. She sees a target kind of, but doesn't quite see who they are, lo and behold, she eggs her brother. And she hits him really, really good. A great, great shot. Very good shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that uh, that, And she, it seemed like she was excited about doing this thing that all of her new friends were doing. But then when she realized who it was at, it was like, a gut punch, you know, it was, yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's, it's the idea of, you know, she, she wanted to go further. She wanted to progress and advance, but she didn't want to go there. She never wanted to go there. And that was almost like a wake up call. Uh, Yeah. 
to her that maybe this is not where I really should be in this moment doing this thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that was uh, really a, a, an emotional moment just to kind of see the look um, on Sam's face and just see that moment of shock when he realizes who has done this to him. And almost like a things can never be the same kind of moment between the two where it's this recognition of, yeah, we're really in different places now in life. Yep. Yeah. When they're both like looking at each other during that, that's a big pivotal moment for both of them. And, um, you know, that kind of signals the end of everybody's night. Um, you know, Sam's friends, everyone goes home. Um, Lindsay goes home. Everyone gets back at the same time. Uh, you know, Mrs. Weir is already upset because nobody's been around and she's been, you know, shunned. Her cookies have been shunned all night that she's been passing <laughs> yeah. out all by herself. And, um, you know, we, we see that Sam hesitates in turning Lindsay in. He, he does not reveal the identity of his egger, um, but clearly very, very upset with her. And, um, you know, they have this moment when they talk about it after the fact where he says, you know, you're not as cool. You know, people don't think you're cool. And that's kind of him just saying, you know, you're not like them. Like this, this is not benefiting you. Uh, you know, just hanging around with them doesn't mean that you've really changed. Yeah. And that's kind of a good thing and a bad thing, but he certainly did not mean it in a good way in that moment. And rightfully so. Yeah. It's, it's him saying to her, um, this is not who you are at all. This is not the sister that I know. Yeah. And of course she, you know, we saw instantly how bad she felt, continues to feel bad, apologizes and, you know, immediately reverts back to, I think more of a, a version of her true comfortable self, which is someone who does care about her family, cares about her brother and cares about her mom and realizing also that her mom is her, uh, which mm -hmm. is something she didn't really put a lot of thought into beforehand clearly, or tried not to put a lot of thought into it when she ditched the whole Halloween uh, experience, so to speak. Um, but we kind of see both of them revert to maybe the direction they should be in, which is, Lindsay pumping the brakes a little bit and saying, okay, you know what? This is what the rest of my Halloween should be is being here with my mom. And Sam saying, this is what my Halloween should be, which is not trick or treating on yeah. Halloween anymore. And let me pick up that book and try to try to grow into where I should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like they were trying to be bold and make bold moves and, and just, and go for it. And they, in the end, they were like, okay, <laughs> let's settle down. <laughs> let's settle down now. It's too much. <laughs> and I, you know, I guess that's part of growing up too is uh, learning I, those things. Yeah. Yeah. Getting out of your comfort zone and try to figure out, you know, what the right way is to evolve. To grow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's the great thing about this show is that. It's a comedy about high school kids in 1980, but we've talked about so many deep concepts in this conversation because those things are bubbling under the surface in every episode of this show. So it works 
on so many levels. I mean, this is this could have been a very silly uh, Halloween episode. It could have been all about Bill being the bionic woman, but instead, there's so much more to it. <laughs> Not to take anything which, away from Bill. yeah, yeah, which would have been a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> Spinoff. So yeah, this 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 version definitely has a lot more depth involved. <laughs> <laughs> now, we want to talk about. Let's just do the rundown of the music. The music is such an important part of the, every episode of this show. It's so celebrated that now that Freaks and Geeks is on Hulu, uh, that they were able to get the rights to all the music. So if you check it out on Hulu, you can experience the show with the soundtrack that was intended for it, which is so cool. Um, this well, one, the, a little... the music is like its own character in the show. So it's like it, it makes the show timeless in a way, all the music that they chose. Um, so important to it. Yeah, and, and just so well utilized. Like, you know, yeah. it's, not, it's not like wall-to-wall music throughout the episode, but when they decide to, to use a song, it's for a great reason. Um, you know, uh, the list here, uh, kind of a smaller one than some of the other episodes, but we do hear the Monster Mash. We hear it's sung by, by John Francis Daly and Becky Ann Baker. Uh, they're so good, yeah. <laughs> they are in the Halloween spirit. Um, we hear Cheap Trick's Gonna Raise Hell which uh, comes up as uh, during the drive, which is uh, sort of an ominous song to sing along to as Lindsay starts to really realize what this night is going to be like. <laughs> um, uh, we uh, April Wine uh, Roller uh, is in this episode, as is Ted Nugent's uh, Free For All, which is kind of appropriate because I believe it was mentioned that a Ted Nugent concert is where Ken was supposed to be that night. That fell through, and that's why he is sitting there in the back seat alongside a, a, a double date. <laughs> um, very fitting, then. I didn't know that. Yeah, and very fitting that, you know, Ken would be a Ted Nugent fan. It seems like that's where he should be <laughs> on a Halloween night. For sure. <laughs> um, you know what? We forgot one small part of this plot, actually, that uh, totally skipped over is the fact that, uh, you know, another chapter in the rivalry between Sam and Bill and Neil and Alan and, uh, you know, his group of bullies, his group of friends that have been bullying these uh, the geeks, so to speak, since episode one. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of a rematch because we already <laughs> saw before that. Uh, that Alan had gotten triple teamed essentially and mm -hmm. kind of beaten up, kind of really the worst fight ever. Um, yeah. Nobody in that thing could fight. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he was looking for revenge. Now he's got backup, and essentially, uh, the geeks do taste the unsweet flavor of revenge. Get their their candy stolen, <laughs> and and now advantage back to Alan as we follow this rivalry. It's kind of a season-long rivalry uh, leading up to a point where we, we kind of find out more about what goes on behind it, but that's way later in the series as well. But just a, another kind of bummer of a, of a stop for, uh, for Sam and Bill and for Neil on this trick-or-treating expedition. It yeah. couldn't be any worse. Nope, gotta have that bully come in and, you know... Alan's a great bully. He's he, I, he just the random, the random threats. I mean, I re I relate to that. I feel like 
that is the epitome of a young high school bully who's not a football player, like not a guy who's huge or, you know, truly could physically, you know, dominate one in a fight at all. Like he's not an intimidating guy. He's just the guy who's brave enough to be mean to the guys who are not brave enough to be mean. Right. Yeah. But he's also so great because like, um, he's not like, he's not just a bully. Like he's not just a mean person. Like you can tell, like he is like, there's something more to him that he's like maybe troubled. It makes you feel for him like as a bully. So it doesn't make you just hate this person which is, I think, really good. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a great character. And, you know, as we said, we, we learn more about him, which is really cool as, as the series goes on. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about just some of the notes and, and maybe even a, a few little minor plot holes that some people found online. I think these are always fun. Uh, this show is so well written. These are few and far between with every episode. But it's fun to kind of visit them. Um, plot hole number one, the episode is supposed to take place during Halloween in Michigan, yet all the trees are green and full of leaves and the weather seems quite warm and sunny. So, <laughs> uh, never lived there, but maybe so. Well, we, well, we are filming in Los Angeles, so. <laughs> <laughs> when, do you remember what time of, I mean, I guess you're in LA, so it doesn't matter that much, but do you remember what time of year this was filmed? Uh, let's see, well... So it was a third episode. It was our second episode back because the pilot we shot in like, um, what was it? Was it like February, March or something? And then we started filming again. It, it was either late July or beginning of August. So sometime like probably into August, beginning of September when we shot the Halloween episode. So it's still like technically summertime. Gotcha. Yeah, in LA. Um, we talked about this before. The shake that uh, Bill drank, while gross looking, was actually made of slim fast marshmallows and cookie bits. So you were on point. That's a great memory. That really stuck with you. Yeah, I would love to try it. I didn't get to try it. I might go um, make it after this. Some Just kidding. I don't have any of those ingredients. <laughs> so that would be very difficult. <laughs> I was ready for you to just hold up a bag of marshmallows. Yep, got it. Got the slim fast, my marshmallows, and my cookie bits. <laughs> and here's the fun dip. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, the episode running time originally came in two and a half months short. I have no way to verify if this is true, but it says the opening scene of Bill drinking this disgusting beverage was added later for length, just to, to add to it. Um, maybe. I, I didn't know that. So, I mean, maybe. Quite possible. <laughs> um, Joe Flaherty. Um, of course, Mr. Ware dressing up as a vampire costume. I didn't know this either. Uh, is a hilarious referencing of his days as Count Floyd on SCTV. So it's kind of a throwback to a, a prior role for him. Um, yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure they did that on purpose. It's fun, but you know, clearly, yeah. Mister Weir, the character, not thrilled to be in that costume. No, <laughs> no. Uh, when Daniel pulls up to the bus stop, he's driving a Pontiac Trans Am with a body style that was only used from '79 to '81. This is this is pretty uh, good attention to detail. 
It looks like an old, worn-out muscle car, but if this was supposed to be 1980, he was driving a car that was at most only one year old. So, theoretically, it was a bit too new to be as beat up as it was. <laughs> Interesting fun, trivia. Fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now here's an interesting one that I actually, um, now I got to go back and watch it because I'm not really sure. Why would Bill volunteer to drink the mystery mix at the beginning of the episode? Uh, considering that peanut butter was among the foods that they're mixing. Of course, later on, and this is a spoiler. Oh, it's a peanut. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, we know that Bill has a peanut allergy. Um, I was actually actively listening for this while I was rewatching this episode. And I didn't catch the reference to peanuts or peanut butter. I was listening just to see if they mentioned anything nutty because I was as detail-oriented in that moment as <laughs> whoever made this note online. I didn't hear it, but maybe it's true. Um, yeah, I don't remember hearing that either. I just watched it today as well. So, uh, Well, hey, if anybody wants to tweet us at Laugh Track TV, uh, let us know. You know, if you could send us the clip or just confirm one way or the other, whether whether that shake should have killed Bill. <laughs> uh, finally, uh, Lindsay mentions that there is a new Friday the 13th movie showing. The original Friday the 13th came out in May of 1980. The sequel didn't come out until 1981. So it would have been impossible in that year for them to be referencing a new Friday the 13th uh, movie. So... Slightly off, not a, not a big deal. Um, but that's really it. Tricks, tricks and treats. Uh, I have a, I have a trivia. Okay. Um, the uh, Millie's boyfriend, Tommy, mm -hmm. is um played by one of the writers from Freaks and Geeks. Oh, really? Uh, John John Kasdan. Okay. And yeah. Was he um? Was he a writer for like throughout he, the whole series? Yes. Yeah, so he, well, he wrote, I think one episode of the show, but yeah, he was, he was on set a lot. So he was there. Um, but yeah, he was one. Of, and so it was very, it was somewhat intimidating knowing that he was one of the writers that I was going to have to kiss. Did he write, <laughs> like, did he write that scene? No, 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 he didn't. No, I don't. Um, no, I don't think she wrote that scene. I was gonna that say was, that would be even more weird. <laughs> Tommy had a crush. <laughs> but yeah, so John Kazan is Jake Kazan's brother, little brother, and Jake Kazan's one of the main directors for Freaks and Geeks. Very cool. Very yeah, cool. Tommy. So that was another little trivia. That's fun. Um, do I do I have any other trivia? I don't think so. I think that was it. <laughs> Anything else you remember about um, uh, about either of those pivotal scenes with with Millie um, about the fun dip and how long how long did it take uh, to film that scene with uh, with James and just the whole thing with the car and the fun dip and God, I don't even I don't even remember. But there were a lot of people in that scene. You know, a lot of um, yeah. Uh, I mean, there were people in the corner. Right, well, yeah, extras, but also just like, you know, we had the geeks there doing their little bit and then would zoom, like, pull out for Lindsay and then Millie and the, the geeks were in the background and then, you know, Daniel and Kim drive up and then, you know, it's just like this whole long, like, scene with lots of different aspects and parts of it and people in it. 
Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing it probably took most of like probably half the day. <laughs> I would assume, but you know, I, I don't really remember. Um, but is, yeah. Is that the kind of scene where there'd be uh, an encouragement for a little bit of improvisation? Like how many times would you guys go through that and just the, you know, the conversation about the fun dip, he's sticking his finger in it, he's licking it. Uh, I mean, you had to deal with James Franco's saliva probably how many times in a row at this point? Uh, like, <laughs> I don't think that was that much. I mean, there was definitely a little like words that were thrown out or something like mm, yum or like whatever that was like improv or like different actions at different times that were just like kind of thrown out there. But like, um, so we, there was a little bit of playing with that, but most of it, I feel like was all pretty like scripted and, you know, not a lot of improv, gotcha. probably just too much going on <laughs> for yeah. there to be a lot of improv for that one. That was a hallmark with you guys. There were a lot of scenes and a lot of, uh, opportunities to bring a lot of the characters kind of in the same place and just shift the cameras from, you know, conversation to conversation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was cool. It's like it's it starts on like the geeks or something and then it and then it you know Lindsay walks through the frame or something and then we follow her with the geeks and like so like yeah there's there's lots of or her with the freaks but there's lots of that in the show yeah. ahead of its time you know we're we can't compliment this show enough but we're gonna try because <laughs> <laughs> why not absolutely <laughs> It was so long ago, and they're they're not doing any more. So, well, it's, <laughs> let's it's, just keep complimenting it. <laughs> sure, I mean it, it's another. I mean, the whole reason we're doing this show is because there's a whole new generation of people who are undoubtedly discovering this show on Hulu now that it's available on a major platform again. Yeah. And um, you know, every you know, it's almost like a, a repeating cycle. Like every few years, there it's like another renaissance for this show because it's it's good. <laughs> It is. It's it's very good. Um, it's just raw and authentic. I feel like all the characters, you know, it's not. I feel like even with the camera movements and the music, it's not like, you know, making you feel a certain like push a certain feeling on the audience. You know, it's just kind of like letting it letting you have those feelings. If that Absolutely. makes any sense. No, it does. Um, it's not, it's not like pushing really slowly on this dramatic moment, you know, or like, you know, cue the music to make you feel sad or happy or whatever, you know, it's nothing like that. It's just very, just very raw, I feel like. And yeah, it's, it just, it's good. <laughs> it plays, <laughs> it, it's cool. it plays the, it cool. The camera yeah. is the coolest person in the room. And on the show, <laughs> there's freaks, there's geeks, and there's the ultimate cool person, which is the, the uh, the camera point of view, which is yes, yeah, let it be. But uh, and like them shooting on thirty five millimeter makes it so timeless too. So yeah, so many reasons, and and the fact that it's it was a period piece essentially, even when it first aired, it, it doesn't feel like it's gotten older. It just feels like it's still a period piece that could have come out last year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and the cool thing is. I mean, we're just getting started here. We're just getting started uh, talking about the episodes of this show because we just covered episode three. Um, and we've got so many more episodes of this podcast to talk about those episodes of the show. 
Um, and we can't wait, Sarah. I know that you have graciously agreed to come back for more episodes of this. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about more episodes. We can't wait to do it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, for now, we just want to tell people, of course, you can find all these episodes uh, at our website, LaughTrackPod.com. That's where you can, uh, it's your gateway, really, to anywhere you want to listen to this podcast um, and or where you want to watch it on YouTube or wherever else it's going to show up. So video, audio, your choice. It's going to be everywhere. And um, you can catch up on past episodes, keep up with us on future episodes, and check out all of our, uh, your favorite shows from now, from then, from everywhere in between, and even past conversations with you, Sarah. You've been mm-hmm. on the show before, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, catch up with all, all that, and uh, make sure you subscribe, share, rate, review, tell a friend, etc., etc., all that stuff. Um and that's it. So any parting thoughts about the uh, tricks and treats? Uh, no. <laughs> Go watch it. It's a, it truly is a fun episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's definitely worthy of, of the quality we've been talking about so far. And we're only getting even better and better from here. So uh, we wish you fun on your journey through Freaks and Geeks. Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show again. Thanks. Thanks for having me. We'll have you here really soon once again. And until uh, the next episode, uh, thanks guys. And uh, we'll see you down the road. Guys, thank you again and again and again for joining us on The Laugh Track. We appreciate you being here. We appreciate you following us and sharing and spreading the word. And we want to keep the ball rolling. The Laugh Track, of course, produced by me, Jerry Strauss with additional major league production by our maestro, Steve Prentice, our friend who does all the heavy lifting here on this show. And of course, if you want to hear more of our show, make sure you check out our website. LaughTrackPod.com is your one-stop shop for episodes old and new, as well as our free mailing list and links to all of our social media and many of the outlets where you can hear the show we're on apple we're on spotify we are on google we're everywhere man and you can be too so make sure you subscribe wherever you'd like so you can get the latest episodes as soon as they are released each and every week of course social media we're all over it man instagram we have an account that you can and should follow at laugh track pod twitter Follow us there at Laugh Track TV. And of course, our Facebook group is growing and popping off, if you will. Is that what the kids say? You can check us out there and please join us at facebook.com backslash groups backslash Laugh Track Pod. Until next week, I'm Jerry Strauss. For Steve Prentice, this is the Laugh Track. <laughs>